Welcome to the Let's Ditch Misophonia podcast. I'm your host, Brooklyn, and I'm sharing how unconscious reprogramming helped me eliminate my own misophonia after more than 20 years of suffering. I'm also sharing how I support my clients using the same tools and modalities to help them lessen trigger sounds, alleviate the suffering they experience from misophonia, and create more joy in their lives. My degree in communication, coupled with my training and certification in working with the unconscious mind, creates a coaching environment with a unique approach to get you results. So with that being said, let's dive into the show. Hello, welcome to a very special episode of the podcast. If you are listening to this this episode the day that it comes out, it is the day before I turn 28 years old. And this is exciting for me because not only does it mark me being a year older, it also marks almost a year of being misophonia free and that to me, it, it's difficult to put it into words. I did not think I would get emotional when I sat down to record this episode, but it is truly amazing. Spending more than 20 years of my life suffering so much from something to then finally be, you know, live a year of my life in freedom and peace and having more control and regulation over my nervous system, getting to say yes to more things, getting to build richer and deeper relationships. It's incredible. And so this episode today as kind of a happy birthday to me (laughs) celebration, but more importantly, to just kind of reflect on the last year and what the misophonia journey has been like, I'm going to share some of my biggest takeaways over the last year that I've learned not only from my own journey, but also from working with my clients over the last year as well. And I have just some bullet points written down, but I don't have a script or anything for this podcast. So these are going to be in no particular order. It's just kind of as I jotted them down and as they come up. And yeah, I'm really excited to just share what the last year of my life has been like. There's been a lot of shifts and transformation and changes, not only in my journey with misophonia, but other things in my life as well that came about because of me being able to clear up my misophonia. So I'm really excited to share those with you. And before we dive into today's episode, I really encourage you to go to the show notes and check out the Let's Ditch Misophonia community. This is a a community that I'm working to build and grow where you just get to be supported by other people who know what it is that you're going through. One of the things that I'll talk about in this episode is there are so many more of us than I think we really understand. And when we can come together and pool our energy and really use it for good, we can create some amazing shifts. And so that community, not only do you get the support of others in the misophonia community, you also get monthly resources to help you do the rewiring work to get relief. So you're going to be able to experience and integrate a lot of the same work that I do with my clients in my signature program. And this is a format that might be more digestible for you. So if you don't have the time right now, or maybe the budget to commit to a larger program, this is a great starting point. 
We have a call once a month where you can get support from me, get your questions answered to help you integrate the resources. You get monthly resources to help you actually do the work. You have the Facebook community, you get access to some really cool bonuses. There's so much in there and I'm really looking forward as we continue in 2024 to build out that community and make it even more robust. And I just actually finished today putting together the resources uh, for February and this month we're focusing on validation, when it's useful, when it's not, and how you can more objectively look at the thoughts, beliefs, patterns, and you know that, that you exhibit when you are navigating relationships where misophonia has played an impact or created an, an impact, being able to more objectively look at those things and decide, okay, which of these are useful and which are not, and how to shift maybe those beliefs, behaviors, patterns that are no longer serving you. That's what we're going into this month in the Let's Stitch Misophonia community. And if you're listening to this the day that it comes out on February 5th, definitely sign up, go to the show notes and sign up because if you sign up today, you will join in time to hang out with us on our first or our live call in February. And if you aren't able to join us live, I always offer a recording as well. And you have an opportunity to ask questions ahead of time so you can see them or hear them answered in the call recording. So I definitely encourage you to go check out the community. It's an amazing way to get started. And it also allows you to see what coaching with me is like. You get an exam or you get an example. You get a sample of you know, what are the modalities I use? How do I use them? How do I actually work with clients to get them results? You get to experience that, like I said, before committing to a bigger container, or maybe you get everything you need out of the community and you don't even need the next, the next step in the journey. So it's a really amazing way, like I said, to get used to me, my coaching style, the resources I offer, and you can cancel anytime. So if you join us for a month and you're like, eh, not really my style, you can cancel. Or if you're with us for a month and you're like, yeah, this is amazing, then we're happy to continue supporting you. Also, I apologize if you can hear my dog whining in the background. That's the the trouble of working from home with two cats and a dog. So anyway, definitely check out the show notes. Join us in the Let's Ditch Misophonia community. I really look forward to supporting you in there. We have people from all over the world. So I would love to see you inside. And now let's dive into today's episode. So like I said, this marks a year or just like a couple days past the year mark where I experienced my first misophonia-free, trigger-free weekend. And then just a weekend later, I believe, is when I cleared up the last of the sounds that really caused me pain, disgust, fear. So we're coming up on about a year of really truly being misophonia-free and like I said at the top of the episode, that is just absolutely incredible and something that at one point in my life, I never even dreamed of as something that would be possible for me. So to be at the place where I'm at now, not only living misophonia free and living clearer and freer, now to be supporting other people and getting relief too is really exciting and we're gonna get into all of that. So the first thing that I wanna talk about the most impactful shift in my life. What has clearing misophonia allowed me to do? What what does my life look like now that it's not an everyday burden? The biggest thing for me is just the shift in my relationships. So with my partner, with my dad, with my sister, with my friends, 
I'm able to now approach relationships more authentically and more and step into vulnerability. So before, especially in newer friendships, a lot of my friendships depended on what are the noises that this person typically makes. So for example, if I met someone and I found out they were a really noisy eater, I would either A, avoid ever being in a situation with them where we were eating, which is difficult when you're building friendships, or I would find a reason, and this was happening unconsciously. It's not like I was deciding, it's not like one day I decided, okay, not gonna be friends with this person. This is happening at the unconscious level. I would find or invent reasons not to like them so that I didn't have to admit that I was ending the friendship just because I couldn't stand the noises they were making. So now I get to approach newer relationships and actually get to know someone for who they are and not just the sounds that they make. So it's opened up a whole new world to me. Friendships is something that I had been manifesting for many years because of a bit of a toxic breakup and some other things that happened in my life and just experiencing misophonia in general, I found myself as an adult with not a lot of friends around me. And it was something that I was manifesting for a long time and I wasn't seeing success. And then as I cleared up my misophonia, everything changed. I've met some truly amazing people. I've created some soul aligned friendships and that is possible because I finally finally cleared up my misophonia and removed a really big barrier. It was for me anyway, removed a really big barrier to cultivating honest, authentic, deeper relationships. So friendships, that's huge. I have so many more friends a year later than I did, you know, before ever embarking on this journey. My relationship with my partner is stronger. Not only is it stronger because I'm not frustrated with him all the time for the noises that he makes. It's also stronger because I also am now able to spend more time with his family and not feel triggered. Before working to really clear my misophonia, there would be times where I wanted to see his family. I wanted to spend time with him, but I either just would come up with a reason why I couldn't make it or I would go, but I would be, you know, I'd have my earplugs in or I'd be in a corner, I'd be isolated because the noises, I just couldn't handle it. He has a big family. And so those gatherings, there's many, many people there. So not only did it improve things between my partner and I, because, you know, he wasn't, I didn't find him as annoying, uh, but also I was able to, I'm now able to spend more time with his family and us planning a wedding and getting married. That's something that's really important to him, something that's exciting to me. And so just my relationship with him is so much stronger. We've grown so much over the last year. It's absolutely incredible. So that's a big one. And when I say relationship with my dad, his noises are, are <laughs> ones that triggered me pretty quickly. And I know that people who experience misophonia, you likely are familiar with this. Oftentimes those closest to you trigger you more than strangers. Sometimes it's the other way around. Sometimes it doesn't matter who it is. It, it triggers the same. For me though, those closest to me definitely bothered me more than most other people. And so that was kind of a point of contention. I don't know if my dad would necessarily agree to this or if he thought about it, but for me, it was a point of contention in our relationship. And I've been able to just 
get to bond with him more because the noises that he makes, which again, are just like regular everyday noises, they aren't causing me so much frustration. And I know before working to clear my misophonia, I would often have these, these thoughts of like, he should know better. He should know not to make these noises around me. He must be doing them on purpose or he just doesn't care about me. And whether that's true or not, I'll, I'll start by saying, I don't believe that's true. Where I'm at today, I don't think that that's actually like what he was doing, nor is that how he felt. But whether that's true or not doesn't matter. What matters is, was that perspective serving me? No. And so I was able to shift those beliefs while clearing up my misophonia. And our relationship is a lot better now than it was a few years ago. And recently, he actually came over to my house. And the whole purpose of the visit was me just asking him all of these questions about his childhood and life experiences. And I got to hear all of these stories that I had never heard before. I learned things about him that I just didn't know. And that was possible and I was able to be present because of all this work that I've done over the last year. So just incredible shifts in my friendships with, with Doug, with my family. It's been absolutely amazing. And I talk about my first like misophonia free weekend. My first trigger free weekend was when Doug and I went to a wedding in Chicago, but my first like completely misophonia free weekend, like I cleared up the last of my triggers was when, and I've told this story before, was when my mom, sister, friend, and I went to New York to get my wedding dress at Kleinfeld, which was an absolute dream come true. I wanted a Randy Finoli dress the minute he announced that he started making dresses again. My sister and I grew up watching Say Yes to the Dress, and I just, there's something about Randy's style and his designs that I just absolutely love. Also, he is a designer whose gowns are affordable. <laughs> like they're not as uh, as expensive as some of the other designer dresses. So that really spoke to me as well. I like that they're more accessible. And I just had this dream to go to Kleinfeld and get one of his dresses. In fact, the dream wasn't even to go to Kleinfeld. It was just to get a Randy dress. I Getting a Randy Finale wedding dress seemed so impossible to me that I didn't even think about getting it from Kleinfeld. And this was a dream I had before I ever even met Doug. Before I was ever engaged, I wanted a Randy. <laughs> and so for me to be able to go to Kleinfeld, go to New York, have Randy be there in person and ask me, am I saying yes to the dress? I cannot wait to post that video, by the way. I have to wait until after the wedding, obviously, because no one can see my dress. But to have that experience and get to be in the present moment and not feeling frustrated or nervous or scared or disgusted or angry or rageful because of a noise someone's making in a dressing room over is absolutely incredible. Not only did this manifestation come true, I also got to be completely present and soak up every moment of that experience with some of the people that I love the most. And that was freaking incredible. And I talked about how that weekend, the four of us shared a teeny tiny hotel room in New York City. It was two bunk beds. So we're stacked on top of each other. The room is so small. You barely have room to walk around each other. And for me to be able to have that experience was so incredible on its own. And then add in the fact that I wasn't triggered made it a hundred times better. So next thing that I want to talk about is validation and how... Validation can be 
sometimes helpful and useful, and at other times it can be a distraction and something that keeps us stuck. And validation is a big one for me because me personally, it is something that kept me stuck in the spiral of misophonia for a long time, even when I was actively working to reduce the severity of it and shift my experience with it. And for me, it was wanting validation for my suffering and what I had experienced. And I felt like I used to feel like that was important because, you know, I'd suffered for such a long time and there were people very close to me, family members even, who just basically thought I was crazy. I was overreacting. I was being dramatic. And so it felt like, okay, well, if I clear up my misophonia, then they're going to be right. The people who said it's all in your head, you're making it up, you're just being dramatic, they're going to be right. And it would invalidate invalidate everything that I had experienced. And so striving for that validation was something that kept me stuck because it was something that I was likely never going to attain and never going to receive. And so when I finally discovered this, I was able to ask myself, is this validation actually something that I need? Is it actually useful? Is it actually going to serve me? And the answer was no. And I know that alongside other secondary gains that can present themselves along the journey, from my own experience and also working with clients, validation is something that a lot of us experience and something that can keep us stuck on our journey to to getting relief. And that is something that motivated me to this month in the Let's Ditch Misconia community to focus the resources around this search for validation and how we can shift things and, you know, ditch what isn't working and implement what's useful to get results. So again, I really encourage you to go check out the membership, click the link in the show notes, come join us. And, and this month we're working through all of this and clearing up this, this kind of underlying belief, underlying need so that you can get relief. So moving on from validation, I also want to talk about just how much I've learned about misophonia over the last year, you know, having experienced it for like 20 something years, you think, oh, I I know so much about misophonia. And yes, that is true. And also there's still so much more to learn and working with so many different kinds of people. I was able to support over 200 people last year through different resources. It just, it was so eye-opening in how we experienced something. Like we have something in common, right? We're experiencing misophonia and yet we can experience it so differently. And that to me is just, it's its so interesting. And it's really helped me grow as a coach because I've had to decide which modalities work for, for different people. Not all of the modalities that I use in my coaching style are going to be suited for every client that I work with. So it really, you have to kind of pivot and learn and adjust as you're working with people. And it's made me a much better coach. It's made me a much better listener. It's made, you know, it's, it's, it's made me rely a lot more on my intuition and bringing out that side of myself and 
you know, meeting another person who experiences misophonia, you'll likely have some things in common with them. And you might also be surprised at how different your experience is. And so that's something that I've, that I've learned along the way as well over the last year. It's really just given me a broader view of what, of what misophonia is and how that can show up in somebody's life. And along that same thread, I think there are also more of us than we've realized. I think uh, in a lot of social media posts on the internet, you see people saying things like misophonia is rare or people might think that they have misophonia, but they actually don't because things aren't severe enough for them. And I think what I've learned working with different people is that there are more of us out there than we realize. And this is something that I talked about in a previous episode, but there definitely is some gatekeeping that's present in the misophonia community. And I can understand what's motivating that and where that comes from. And also, I just want to support people in getting relief, whether your misophonia is super severe or is something that's, you know, kind of a minor to moderate inconvenience in your life, wherever you're at on the scale, I want to get you relief and I want you to experience that and create transformation for yourself. And there's just, I think there's more people that we can connect with and support than we had initially realized. One of the, another thing that was really surprising to me uh, over the last year is this now being my full-time job and my full-time focus. That is not something that I expected going into this. When I embarked on my journey to get relief for myself from misophonia, I never expected this to then be what I supported other people in doing. I've always wanted to help people. I was coaching before I was exclusively a misophonia coach. It's it's in my DNA to support people and help people. I never, though, imagined that this is where it would lead me. And now I can't imagine myself doing anything else. So when I started this journey, I had a full-time job and was also coaching on the side. And now coaching is, is my full-time job focus. And I have an episode around that. It wasn't necessarily a decision that I made. It is a decision that came about. And I just can't imagine myself doing anything else. It's the most rewarding job, if you will. I don't even really call it a job, but it's the most rewarding, most rewarding mission that I've ever embarked on. And I've had to stop and start recording this episode again many times because now instead of going to an office every day I work from home and there's a lot of coordination that goes into that like I said I have a dog I have two animals I have a partner he just got home from work and so trying to navigate all of this has been so interesting and yet so rewarding as well another thing that of course surprised me along the way is realizing and embracing that transformation actually is possible even when in quotes logic says otherwise as I've been suffering for years and years I'm always googling and researching and trying to find things that could help me and again and again 
not having success or not finding that relief. And at one point in my life, I did truly believe that this is something that I would suffer with for the rest of my life, that there was nothing I could do. So to be able to experience that transformation and now get to coach other people and hear stories from them of hearing their trigger sound and not feeling this sense of panic or frustration and anxiety to be able to spend time with friends and family and loved ones and to be more present in their lives is absolutely incredible. And it never ceases to amaze me. Like every feedback message that I get or every testimonial I get just really emotional because I'm just so grateful that I can support people in experiencing that transformation for themselves. And the more of us that step into this place where we've experienced relief and we can share what that's like, we we shine that light of possibility and having that hope and having that light in the Misophonia community is so, so needed. So that was something that was really surprising to me. I Like I said, I never expected to be here. I never expected that this would be my full-time focus. So to be in the position that I'm in now is... It's really wild and I'm and I'm very grateful for it. Another thing that I really had to face and navigate over the last year was just a lot of the the skepticism and the mistrust and some of the gatekeeping in the misophonia community. I think I've spoken about this in a few episodes as well. When I first decided to offer coaching services to people with misophonia after clearing it for myself and investing in more resources and modalities to support people. And when I first started reaching out and advertising that, hey, I I would love to support you if you experience misophonia, there was a lot of negativity, skepticism, judgment, just all kinds of things that, that came my way that I truly was not expecting. And I believe I've I've said this before. But obviously, if you haven't listened to all the episodes, you may not have heard this. I like took everything down and I went off social media for the first time in a very long time. Like I went silent on social media. I took down all of my links. I took down my videos and I basically just ghosted the internet for about two weeks or so because the feedback that I received was just so unexpected it was people calling me a sleazy marketer, saying that I didn't even have misophonia, that I was taking advantage of people, there were all kinds of things. And I just felt so misunderstood. And just like I said, I really wasn't expecting it. It, it really, it really, um, I don't know, I can't find the words for it. I just, I took some time away. And I thought that I it would stay that way. I didn't imagine coming back into the space, but I just wanted to help people. And that passion in me was so strong that I couldn't not show up and I couldn't not offer to help people. And so at the same time this was happening, I had a few people approach me saying, hey, I'd love to work with you. And so I offered them free coaching. I was like, you know what? Everyone else is like, oh, this is a scam. You don't know what you're talking about. Like the fact that you have faith in me let's do this. And so I offered to coach them for free and was able to help them create some pretty incredible results. And I'm so, so grateful for those clients in the early days who decided to 
take a chance on me and do something new because their results gave me the confidence to keep going. Their results helped me create a program that supported so many other people. So they're really the catalyst for me even doing what I'm doing today. I'm so, so grateful for them. And this was really an amazing moment. One of the Facebook groups where I experienced some of that negativity, it wasn't just on Facebook, it was other places as well. But one of the Facebook groups in particular where I experienced some of the negative feedback, the admin of this group listed a few treatments and people that he basically was like, hey, I think they're onto something. I'd recommend checking them out, working with him, whatever. And I was on that list, which is an absolute like 180 turnaround from where we were a year ago when I first started posting. Now, to be fair, this like admin of the group was never someone who like showed any negativity toward me. It was members of the group. He was someone who who was always willing to engage in dialogue with me and ask about what I was doing and what kind of results I was able to get for people. To see him though, you know, make that comment and then um, someone else that I worked with in the comments to say, hey, you know, this person, you know, my child worked with Brooklyn and, you know, they've experienced probably the most progress in their experience with misophonia than other things that we've tried. That was truly a moment where all of the difficult things, the challenges, the negativity, the skepticism, it makes it all worth it because it's it's little tiny messages like that that just make my heart so so happy and remind me why I'm doing this and and motivate me to keep going. So like I said, all of that was something that was very unexpected when I started and I still experience some of that today, but definitely have some thicker skin now. And like I said, my mission and my passion is so strong to help as many people as possible and lessening their suffering from misophonia that I can't not show up. Like you couldn't pay me to not show up for for my clients, for the community, and to be able to serve so many people last year. I've got some pretty big goals this year, and I'm really looking forward. Actually, the first free training of the year is coming up soon, so I'm really looking forward to that and and just making the most positive impact that that I can. What I have also noticed, though, on the flip side of that, so we talked a little bit about skepticism and negativity. On the flip side. What I have seen and witnessed is just how resilient the misophonia community is. It's absolutely incredible to me. And of course, I've witnessed this in myself. And to also now see this in others is absolutely incredible. I think we, people who experience misophonia, we're just incredibly resilient souls. It's it's almost like because we have to be. Misophonia is something that it can oftentimes be difficult to escape or get away from. And so it's like we're always being challenged or tested. And so, you know, a lot of my clients, some of them haven't tried much and some of them have tried many other things and not gotten results. So the fact that they still have some hope and they're still willing to do new things is incredible to me. And it's one of the things that I love most about the misophonia community is how we just continue to push for more awareness, more research, better ways to cope, better ways to rewire, better ways to get relief. We are just so, 
so resilient, whether we choose to be or not. And I think that's truly, truly incredible. And I've, I've always considered myself to be a resilient person. And so to see that reflected back in the people that I've worked with is just absolutely incredible. And one of the last things that I want to talk about, unless something else pops into my mind, because like I said, I don't have anything scripted. I'm just kind of going off bullet points. But the last thing that I wanted to mention is just the power of reframing our own perspective and this idea between what is the truth versus what is useful. So I talked about this a little bit already, but there are probably, if you're experiencing misophonia, a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot, but there are probably some patterns, beliefs, behaviors that are feeding into the pattern of misophonia versus helping you to get better. And so being able to look at that a bit more objectively and say, okay, here are the things that I'm thinking. Here are the things that I believe. Here are the things I'm experiencing. Which of these are actually serving me? And if they aren't, how can you shift them to something that's going to be more useful? So I don't necessarily focus on what is true or false, what is right or wrong, but rather focusing on what is going to be useful, what is going to best serve me and the people around me. So obviously I don't encourage people to just recklessly please themselves and have no awareness or concern for the people around them. It's what is going to serve me and also support me in being a better person for everyone around me as well. And that's such a huge shift. And that came from really the understanding. And this is the light bulb moment, right? It's what sparked the logo for the podcast. It's what sparked the branding for, for my LLC. It's the realization that it's not the sounds that were causing me pain. It's the way my mind was processing them. That's what was causing me pain. And that gave me my power back. Because if it's not something externally that's causing me to feel a certain way, if it's something internally, if it's the way that mind is processing, that gives me the ability to do something about it. And that's where the idea of truth versus useful comes in. Like, yes, this is how I'm seeing things. Yes, this might be my truth. Is it true for everyone? And does it have to be true for me? Is this truth, in quotes, serving me? And if it's not, well, let's shift it to something else. If this belief isn't serving me, I'm going to choose to believe something else. And I can rewire that belief through unconscious programming, which is what I use in my coaching to support my clients. And it's what I use to support myself and getting relief. So just really shifting from this moralistic thinking, right, wrong, yes, no, true, false, to is that perspective serving me? Is this useful? And I think I even have an entire podcast episode on the question, is it useful? It can really help you not only rewire your experience with misophonia, but just so many areas of your life. It's been a, a reframe and a perspective shift that's been so incredibly helpful to me. So that is what I have on my list. Like I said, celebrating the last year misophonia free. And I do want to, again, talk about what that means for me. When I say that I am misophonia free, does that mean that I'm never bothered by sounds? No. I still find myself at times annoyed with particular sounds, especially if they're repetitive again and again. 
And this weekend, and I won't go into details because I know that some people don't really want to hear about triggers and then potentially pick them up as new trigger sounds. But this past weekend, I was struggling with a sound that my partner was making repetitively. And I got to a place where I asked him, I said, hey, is it possible that you can be more mindful of these noises? Like, is there any way that we can make less of this particular noise? Because it's starting to drive me nuts. Again, though, this response, it wasn't me responding out of rage. It wasn't me responding out of disgust. And it didn't cause me to panic. I didn't start crying. I didn't start yelling. I just became aware of the fact that like, I'm kind of annoyed by this. And that to me is such a shift from where I was over a year ago. I haven't really had a true misophonia response to a sound in over a year, which is absolutely incredible. And also in moments like that, yes, okay, I'm like slightly annoyed by this sound, right? Also though, it does give me a chance to reflect and it does help me step into gratitude because it's like, wow, if I had been facing this sound two years ago, I would have been in tears. I probably would have left the house. Like that's how bad it would have been for me. I would have had to leave. I would have had to get out. I would have been so angry, so frustrated, just spiraling and spiraling into the why me? Why can't I be normal? Why am I like this? And instead I was able to advocate for my needs and say, hey, do you think that maybe we could make this sound a little bit less or be a bit more aware of it? And that to me is amazing. So if you ever hear me talk about being misophree, does it mean that I'm never bothered by sounds? No. Even people who don't experience misophonia are sometimes bothered by sounds. It's like that nails on a chalkboard. Most people have something that probably drives them a bit nutty, even if they aren't experiencing misophonia. And so for me, I've said this before, I'd put myself at like a 0.5 out of five on the misophonia scale because yes, from time to time, I still find some sounds that are annoying, that bother me, but they aren't causing me to feel such a strong, emotional, automatic response. And when I am experiencing something, I now have the tools and the strategies to show my mind that this thing isn't actually a threat so that I don't engage in that spiral that used to rule my life for many, many years. So I'm so grateful that I not only get to celebrate turning 28, but also get to celebrate a year misophonia free. I can't even believe those words are coming out of my mouth. It's never something I thought that I would be able to say, and it fires me up and it motivates me to continue doing this work and serving as many people as I can. And you know what? I feel like there's more that I could share on this. Maybe I'll make a part two. We'll see. Maybe that's what the next episode will be about. But I want to wrap this one up and I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting me over the last year. If you are a podcast listener, if you're a client, if you're a potential client, I just want to thank you for your support. And it's just, it's been an incredible, incredible year. And like I said, if you'd like to join us, Go to the show notes, join the Let's Ditch Misophonia community so you can get started in lessening your trigger sounds and alleviating your suffering through unconscious reprogramming in a community of people who know what you're going through. We're not going to tell you you're crazy. We're not going to tell you you're being dramatic or tell you to just get over it. We are here to support you in getting relief. That is 
My primary focus is getting you relief, using what works and ditching the rest. So check out the show notes. Thank you again so much. And I will catch you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Let's Ditch Misophonia podcast. I couldn't do this without your support. So be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Doing so helps others find this podcast and start their journey to relief too. And of course, if you'd like to continue working with me, always check the show notes for the latest updates on the programs I offer, and you can visit rewiremisophonia.com. Catch you in the next episode.